That was one of the funniest things. Girl. Andalites here, Scorch Bajir, and Taxons. If you managed to find some earbuds, welcome to the Wonder Years. For all your Animorphs rereading and eventual rewatching needs, I'm Sarah. Are you? Well, I'm Blair. <laughs> I'm a I'm a little I'm a little hemogoblin. I run around in your body and I deliver the blood from your heart to the places that it needs to go. That's and I got big so ears like a little goblin. Hemogoblin. Okay, I like it. They they should yeah. have named the they, when they when they put the Pokemon the the Goblin Pokemon in Pokemon Sword Shield. They should have named it Hemogoblin. Yes, they should have. And made it blood. <laughs> made it bloody and hyper realistic. More blood Pokemon. <laughs> I agree so much, and I'm so glad that my two co-hosts are the biggest geniuses on this planet. <laughs> yeah, just the smartest human beings I know. <laughs> Our brains are just too big. <laughs> Too big. Big brain. Big brain hurt head. Uh, <laughs> oof, uh, oof, ow, ouch, my brain. Oof, ouch. <laughs> uh, skull fragile, careful. <laughs> <laughs> so how, so how, y'all, how y'all been? It's been two weeks since we got on the mic together. Yeah. This was recorded about 20 weeks ago, so it's more like, you know. 22 or 3 weeks from the last episode, which was also posted several months late. I am trying. I am trying so hard. Um, the vibes are positive. Vibes are positive. I think only... Oh, hey, hey, you you notice anything different about me? What's that? Are you a gamer? I got a a new mechanical keyboard. Oh, word. (laughs) I was like, that's like kind of gentle <laughs> yeah no it's I, I got i got i got uh mx cherry blacks which are like some of the least clacky but still have a good response feel I, i'm liking them i love it word uh what were you saying about your positive vibes blair oh my positive vibes are simply that um i think they're entirely influenced by the fact that we are actively recording together right now <laughs> yeah yeah yep Be- because um so I have been listening to Behind the Bastards recently, mm-hmm. um, which is a podcast because I'm running out of things to listen to for eight hours every day. Um, it's, yeah, just like a podcast run by Robert Evans, Evans about like horrible hu- human beings in history, which is like, depending on how recent that history is, really entertaining or really depressing. <laughs> um, <laughs> truly. Because it's like, oh, it's like this guy from like, um, German aristocracy. That's fun to learn about. Um, or, but if it's this, like, if it's like, like, oil lobbyists, I'm like, that's actively depressing and hard. <laughs> or, to for, or right. for example, Mark Zuckerberg. Well, actually, I found that one because I've I found that one to be infuriating in a very motivating way. But then I listened to the one about oil lobbyists and experienced um, dread. <laughs> yes, dread. I was like, I'm like, I. Like I actively feel myself getting black pilled, so I had to pivot hard. <laughs> uh, if, if you need, if you need a hard pivot, I if you haven't listened to them yet, I recommend the episodes they did about Ben Shapiro's terrible, awful book. Like in addition to being horribly like <laughs> racist and everything is you could possibly think of, it's also some of the worst writing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, and I do love clowning on neocons. Yeah, 
so much. Well, um, I, I personally sat down at my desk, which um, I sort of have only had set up for a few months, and I haven't had a lot to do. I've, I've done some collaging at it, so I just sort of turned my head to the side, and I found there was just a little, a little, uh, a little piece of a magazine that just says, flirty so mm. that's nice it is nice <laughs> oh that's love it what, that's what my desk has to say to me it says flirty mm-hmm. it's it's um, your it's your mood ring it's your mood desk <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> my other posy vibes are the fact that i've been getting really into evening showers these days Ooh, yes. yes those are great so last time we spoke, I believe I, um, or either either on this form or on fear baiting, I talked about the benefits of a morning shower with a hot coffee, which I yes, still stand that was by. Yes, fear baiting, I believe. Yes, I still stand by that in essence. But um, I work eight hours a day at a location that is not my place of residence. Um, so it is deeply healing to come home after that and just like, wash away everything that happens to me during the day um and i used to be anti-night shower for um stubbornness reasons probably but i've embraced it and it's been like pivotal like yes, groundbreaking absolutely it's I, um, great i spend most of my days because i'm a student now and i'm an online student and when i'm not being an online student i am doing homework at my computer or playing video games at my computer so i spend a lot of my mm-hmm. time in my bedroom which is like 15 degrees hotter than the rest of the house because of a my computer and b the lizard i live with who requires a very specific temperature so mm-hmm. i just kind of spend my days sweating away and then at night i go hop in the shower and then i get back to my room and open crank open the windows crank the fans and just let myself breathe yes i yeah. have a lot of i have a lot of hair and i've never owned yes. a hair dryer <laughs> So it's, I, I love to shower when I have time to just like let it dry without, there was a long period of my adulthood where I didn't understand. I'd be like on the way to work and I'd be like, why am I the only one who on the way to work looks like I just drowned? Like, why isn't, what is it about me? Like, why doesn't it? And then I remembered that other adults own hair dryers. But the thing about that is that you then also have to plan to be the person who has enough time to dry your hair. Exactly. Yes. And I just, you know. (laughs) This is a group of people with ADHD. Um, (laughs) I understand that so much because let let me tell you, I only recently stopped being the person who looked like they just recently drowned Mm -hmm. uh, on their way to work and actively in work. Um, yeah, I've I've walked into places of employment and been asked by my coworkers like, "Oh, was it raining outside?" in a teasing way, and I was like, <laughs> "I understand why you're telling me this, but I don't see why it's weird." But right. then I, <laughs> and it, yes, just never really actively occurred to me that like, oh, other people don't do this, but also, um, it I. I barely make time to shower before I do oh, things. You, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. It is so the, the barest, the barest minimum. The barest minimum of the things I can do in the morning. <laughs> However many things I can cut out of my morning routine, mm-hmm. I will. T- I will cut them out. For uh, literally, and you have to to survive. <laughs> yes. So um, I just got so excited because I realized that the PDF that I was reading from didn't actually have the book cover in it so i'm about to see it for the first time 
Yeah. I think oh my god. Too. Yeah, because we read the same. Fuck. Okay. Which? What is this? We are on book uh, forty-nine. Forty-nine. The, the, the diversion. Yeah. The diversion. The diversion. Correct. Oh, this is a great one. Oh, Syrapenia okay, oh, encountered a fatal error when I tried to go to the web, their webpage I for it. I saw that. Yeah, I had to look on Google Image Search. Um, so, we've got a bird turning into a dog with a with just sort of a. A, a Tobias, I suppose. I just can't picture this child as Tobias. I, <laughs> I don't, you know, with sort of Tobias superimposed in the background. Yes. Yeah. Too blonde. <laughs> it's, too it's, blonde. It's the, it's the forgotten, uh, it, it's the forgotten uh, full, uh, not full house, um, home improvement sibling. The one that's not Jonathan Taylor Thomas or Zachary Ty Bryant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every single image that Google Images pulls up is so low res. It's like so, so low There's res. no high res versions of these book covers anywhere online. That is amazing. And I love that so much. Um, so, so too boyish. The, Way too boyish. Oh, anyway, I'm, continue. I'm really enjoying just seeing like the, the, the dog with like the, like the, the spike sticking out of the side of its neck. Like a, like a really misplaced uh, sideshow Melbone. Hmm. Right, Simpsons. Sorry, forgot. I always mm, forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Missed us both. <laughs> uh, airplane, like the little the little wings they put behind the big airplane wings. <laughs> the, I... Sorry, sorry. God, the little wings that are at the tail of the wing that are not the tail fin that are that at the bottom at the butt of the plane. You know how there's one that goes up yes. and two that go side. It looks like the ones yes. that go side. <laughs> yes, I understand you. I'm in. In the astral plane, I'm putting my hand gently on my shoulder and making eye contact on your shoulder, and making no, eye contact with you. <laughs> I could both, maybe potentially. Both. I have two hands. You do have two um, hands. Player has two hands. Um, I understand. I just get so interested every time that the the I know you know I know there are limits to their Photoshop budget. But just every time that the wings don't turn into arms <laughs> or <laughs> legs. Yeah, they have no ability to juxtapose these with the, uh, with the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I can't remember what the thing is because it's been too long since I worked in Photoshop on anything serious. But um, they, they're not making full use of their beziers and such. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, oh, the uh, Animorphs graphic novel is like right around the corner, by the way. I, I, that's not really germane to this book or the... The, the the current topic at hand, but I figured I'd bring it up because that's that's close. That is that is exciting, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah it'll be interesting. I, I really feel um, like I'm not gonna. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. And I also just realized that I don't think we talked about the Animorphs movie thing that got announced while we were on hiatus. We definitely didn't because I fully fucking forgot about it because it's definitely gonna be a huge disappointment. <laughs> it's it's going to be awful. Like there is no world. Like like. I don't even know what they do. Do they like fucking uh, uh, 2004, a series of unfortunate events it and make it uh, uh, like the first cup, the first handful of books. Where does that cut off? Like, do, do they? I hope it's not like the uh, series of unfortunate events movie because I rewatched that recently and I was like, you know what? That is honestly not bad as a movie, but like compared to the series, so disappointing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, honestly, I do have—I do have to say—I think Jim Carrey as Count Olaf is an impact is a very brilliant choice. I, it I'm, works. But I don't know. It works for sure. Not I a just fan? can't. I no. You cannot abide his buffoonery. 
I can't abide his buffoonery. I just, <laughs> he's, you know, I, I can understand if I'm looking objectively at his performance, I can see how it could work, you know? Like, I, I it's not like, it's totally just the fact that I can't not see Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey shit. <laughs> yeah, he's doing Jim Carrey shit for a lot of that movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had I had not been um, an Ace Ventura child or or his related properties growing up. So oh, you were not you weren't a, you weren't uh, the cable guy movie. kid. No, the series of unfortunate events movie was not was probably not my introduction to him, but was the introduction to him that I emotionally connected with the most. Because I'm Canadian, I, so you know he was kind of pushed on me. Real That's hard, right. I think. Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> it must suck being a Canadian because, like, they're too excited about anyone who comes from there. It's so... And I have, like... There's still, like, a weird little part of my brain that sometimes will be, like... Like, there will be a discussion about a movie and I'll be like, Did you know he's Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much about like, you. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. <laughs> when we watched Ginger Snaps Back on Fear Baiting this week, I, I was just, like, picturing in my head, like, you, you saying, like, Oh, hey, that's a Canadian one. Yep. <laughs> Not a very good one, but a Canadian one. Ginger Snaps... Uh. You know, all of its ups and downs as a series still is one of the only movies that Canada is cl- is like proud to claim. I think. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Is the craft Canadian? No, I can't imagine. I don't no. think so. But I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because the thing about Canada is that um, a lot of movies are made here, but they are not Canadian exactly, produced yeah. movies. It's just that it's cheaper to film here. Mm-hmm. So Canada is, is so strange. Yeah, Canada is more of a tool in the filmmaking industry than it is sort of a like producer. Yeah, there's a, um, there's, so a there's a really good every frame, <laughs> there's a really good every frame of painting video about that. Uh, that oh, cool. Uh, there's a I, I what's the city in what's the city in Canada that's always used as a filming location that's never actually set there. Vancouver. Well, it's either Vancouver I, I or, think it's or Vancouver. Toronto. The the thing uh, the thing the video is called like Vancouver's the city that never plays itself. Totally, yeah. It's a good Even video. oh, it was so funny when when Orphan Black blew up. Um, mm. It was Canadian, you know, and it was actually mm-hmm. set in Canada. But people are so used to things filmed in Toronto not actually being Toronto that at a certain point a character was jumping up and down on a bed with a bunch of money. And they mm-hmm. use Canadian money, and people were like, "Uh oh, blooper! They use Canadian money." And I'm like, "Well, no, like it." Allison's driver's license says she lives in Scarborough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> also, do you really think they'd be like, "Oops, we accidentally got a hundred thousand dollars in fake Canadian money"? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh-oh. So, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, because. Um, I mean, from like an American's, basically all money that isn't American money looks like Monopoly money, but like, and and it, also infinitely better than our our money fucking sucks. It is I slightly just, more I, color, colorful than it used to be, but yes, it does look bad. <laughs> I find it so hard whenever I go into the states that I have to like pull out all of my cash to like know which bill is which. Yes, I hate yeah. that. Also, just having one dollar bills makes me feel crazy. Um, <laughs> But it's so nice in Canada. I just if, if something is seventeen bucks, I look and I go, "That's the green one, here, <laughs> the green one." Or it's nine dollars. Okay, that one purple. Here's the purple one. Thank you. 
Speaking of yeah. uh, spe- speaking of Art- Orphan Black, by the way, real quick, I'm just I-, I want to express the thing that I'm excited about. Uh, Tatiana Mosley playing uh, She Hulk in the She Hulk show that's coming out. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy for you. I I love have been her. I have been dying for that because She Hulk has been tied up in holding rights forever, which is like I think there's been a want to make products with her, but they can't because it's like in the it's like in the same way that like uh like the X Men are kind of tied up like that, so they couldn't be in the Marvel versus Capcom game. Anyways mm-hmm. Animorphs The tagline of this book Yes is, I... <laughs> Thank you. This war can't go on forever. Will it be us or them? Dot, 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 explanation, exclamation, question mark. mark. It's the other mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You um, know, I think... Pertinent enough? Yeah, it's, it is one of those ones that could co- sort of go on, you know, any any book that w- that is about <laughs> fighting and, like... But, the, but this is, this, the, the, uh, the, the, this war can't go on forever. Like, this is a pivotal, I feel like a book that that is kind of the thrust of this. Totally. In so far as like, um, we see a real change in tactics. Like it is not. So what? What I while I was reading this, is I was thinking, I'm so glad that we started again with the previous book, which was not a filler, but definitely was like a gentle reentry into the series. If you had potentially stopped for six months, Uh yeah. Um, And then this one was like, okay, plot again. This book was. so good it gave me the I, I i definitely expressed this on an episode that we did shortly before our six month break but like some of my favorite shit in fantasy sci-fi uh is when there's like the the fantasy sci-fi elements are hidden and the the people the the normal people get let into the fold about it it's like mm-hmm. like um a, a recent example that i pointed that i absolutely love was um jacob in fantastic beasts the first movie um, I Aww. absolutely love <laughs> what a disappointment that series was. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I totally agree. This 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 book was such a like such a game changer. It like it's for sure. It, it reminded me of like you know, an episode that would come out. It like it would be like a mid season episode, you know, like last season. This would be like episode six of like a twelve episode series, and everybody on Twitter would be like, "No spoilers, but you fucking have to go watch this episode right now." And I'd be like, "Oh god, okay, oh no." Yes, and, and it would... the next day, think pieces would be like, "Why this episode changed everything?" Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> yes, and it would have three minutes of like previously on before it. <gasps> totally. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh god. No. Yeah. Because I. I the thing is about this is I feel like this is a move that a lot of series are afraid to make. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, there is totally a world where, I mean, I don't know what's coming in the next 10 books. Like we're, we're Mm -hmm. way out of the, the series that I know at all, but like there is absolutely a world I can see where this book ends without them having ever, what, why don't we just do the quick recap yeah. of sort of like yes. the overall shape of the book right now? I'll also say that I would I would like to say uh, you said the next the next ten books, but there are only five of these left. 
five, six, right? With six. Elemis, Elemis Chronicles. Chronicles. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. No, you're totally right. That's, oh, that's wild, actually. That, that wasn't me. That wasn't me like doing a well. Actually, that was me like being. Damn, we're close to the end of these books. Seriously. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so this is a Tobias book. Um, mm-hmm. and and I you know I don't want to know, but I must. I can imagine it must be pretty close to the last Tobias book that we're gonna get if that's the case. Um, mm-hmm. and. So, plot. Tobias. Um, so, the at the very beginning, they, like, learn that the Yurks are starting to do weird shit with blood. Um, mm-hmm. They realize that the Yurks now know that they are human and are f- trying to find them. Um, and they end up having located Tobias's mother, who Tobias did not know for his whole life, and finds out that she actually lived very near. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids realize that the Yurks are sort of zoning in on them and that it's only a matter of time before their families are attacked and like used as bait or ransom or whatever and rachel and cassie um get their families out of their houses to hide in the hork valley jake's parents get turned into controllers and tobias goes and is like hey mom we've never talked um but here's what's going on in my life uh and she Gets morphing powers. And I was marking out so <laughs> hard when that happened. Me too. Joins them in the hork Valley. So basically, the book starts of the status quo. And when the book ends, all of the kids' families are either... Are now all in one spot. All of them know. All of their parents know that they are Animorphs. And they have been fighting in this war for like an unknown amount of time. And everything has changed. Well, yes. all of their parents are in the same spot, except for Jake's. Except for Jake's, who yeah. had been uh, taken uh, taken by the Yerks at, at a fate at, after a uh, a fateful lawnmower shopping experience. Yes, <laughs> the lawnmower Dude. shopping thing is like that, that's so pitch perfect to me. It's really good, and it's also so well seated. Yes, it is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, this book works really, really well in a lot of ways. Um, I Yeah, I feel like it was the best possible way to do this sort of narrative pivot. And I am actually, like, sort of over the moon about it because I felt like... it. So the thing is, it doesn't just relieve tension. It, 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 it creates new, more interesting tension. Oh, you know? totally, yeah. Because this, this sort of, like, secrecy... Um, was eventually going to get exhausting, especially as they've they pitch forward into the climax of the series. Um, and so to have that alleviated to a degree, but complicate it, I feel like and I just am super impressed with how they like were like, well, this is not suiting us anymore, so we just need to change it. You know, I agree, and also like perfect character for the point of view, like. Oh, it, yeah, it I agree showed, so much, yeah. It, it, you know, I'm sure that if I'd sat down and thought about it, I could have, and maybe I have even, recognized, like, the theme of motherhood in Animorphs, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But having it, the, 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 the point of view character be Tobias and have this book hinge around forming a new relationship with his mother um, so good. for the first time and having him do that and also using that as a way to reflect on the family dynamics of the other kids Mm -hmm. um where we have like marco being like hey man 
I've been there, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, we might not be able to save your mom. She might be a controller and I've been there and dying isn't going to fix it. Right. Ah. And then we have like the, the the entire scene with Cassie and her parents and her mom specifically. I Oh, this scene was so good. I uh just it's it we have and and Tobias basically starts to define motherhood as like, you know, the the one the trait that all of these moms have in common is that they like put themselves in harm's way to protect their kids Mm -hmm. and that is like something that tobias looks at and he's like well my mom didn't even want to fucking talk to me my whole life so what the hell um and like exploring that exploring the ways that each kid has been shaped by their family specifically by looking at like parallels between the moms and the like i mean because specifically rachel and cassie are the ones who we get highlighted the most so seeing like yeah. mom and daughter echoing each other it was nice to get some stuff about cassie's mom because i i felt like she had only gotten ta- screen time like as part and parcel with cassie's dad and cassie's dad had had some time had one-on-one time with cassie so i really did appreciate the the, the part where it was just a chapter of the Animorphs talking to Rick, Cassie's mom and be like, hey, aliens are real. I can turn into a wolf. And this bird is like, this bird is a boy. And he is he is now naked in your front yard. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that was like nice about that sentiment is that I feel like it could have gone heavy handed hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and Animorphs occasionally does with their like thematic through lines right the very special the very special episode about ableism yes but also like in other sort of just like general themes about like trauma or whatever they just like hit hit something very hard very frequently Mm -hmm. um and regardless if it's poignant or not um it can feel a little exhausting but i feel like this was like there was enough spacing between ideas that like i don't know i just it was it felt like it was communicated in a very deliberate way. Um, yeah. I, and I, and just picking up like on the idea of like Tobias being like a naked boy in, in front of Cassie's mom. <laughs> and then also Axe being like a, a quote unquote radioactive deer, which yes. what a stretch to make there. Cause like, uh-huh. yes, he looks like a deer, but not enough that you would assume that he's radio. Like that is not an impulse. <laughs> And also the part, and also the part where that chapter ends. I, but I don't know, you know, like what, like putting yourself in a position where you saw something you can't explain. You probably would make some sort of like insane leap to actually justify it in the real world. Yeah, um, that's an interesting thought. Actually, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, having yeah. The the I yeah, lo- I, is, I, I found it very funny. It's still I was like radio. He's a little bit more than radioactive. Yeah, uh, he's waking up to ash and dust. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I cannot. I, I cannot. I, I like how that chapter slash scene ended with um, uh, Cassie's mom touching Axe's butt and being like, "Wow!" <laughs> and Cassie yes, being like, was, "Do yes. not touch my, do not touch mom, don't touch my friend's ass, please." So if we <laughs> if we sort of hop all the way back to the beginning, mm-hmm. one of my first notes is that Tobias truly has the most to carry when it comes for like the classic first chapter introduction of the concept. Yeah. Oh my God, um, I know. I found this, I this had was a weird. This, for was, sure. this was really weird to me because, sorry, I'll, I, I just want to throw my thing in before I forget it. Uh, 
I thought that they had, like, phased out this, like, two pages of backstory that was attached to every book up until, like, number 44 or 45, whichever one Marco died, quote-unquote, in. But I I digress. Anyway, Sita, go on. No, I, you know, I think that, I think that it just didn't happen last book because Rachel was having weird, it even kind of happened a little bit with Rachel. I think that Tobias honestly just has so much to explain because he's like, so we're the Animorphs, there's an alien invasion, also I'm a bird. I wasn't always a bird. <laughs> like, <laughs> has to like explain so much and also has to explain that he's like part Andalite, um, has a very, oh, Tobias, I love him so much. He has like this heartbreaking line uh, fairly early on where he's like, Oh, yeah, so I had an alien dad because he gave up being an alien because he loved my mom so much. And then one day I ran into him and I wonder if he knew that I was his son. And that's why he gave us morphing powers. Probably not. He was just desperate, but I don't know. And it's like, holy shit. (laughs) A thought I'm having just now is that Tobias is like an OC that a fan of the Animorphs would make. Yes, he is. <laughs> but he's an actual character. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Applegate's um, brain huge for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he agrees so much. Oh, man. Maybe that's why Tobias and Rachel work so well, because they both kind of have that vibe. Like, Rachel being the, like, yeah, yeah. hot, sporty girl who's dating one of the Animorphs. And also, I'm Jake's cousin. Like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and also, and also, she has like the the aspect of like a fourteen year old's OCA being like, but she's also got like a dark side where she's like yes. super violent. Oh, I love them all, dude. It's so they're perfect. all my children, and I love them. Here's one thing that I don't know if I realized. Um, Tobias is talking about Yerks, and he's talking about a mouse. That's what it is. It's when he's hunting a mouse, a little field mouse, and he starts talking about Yerks, and he says that Yerks are slightly bigger than field mice, which I think I didn't know. I think I assumed, I knew that they were, like, big for slugs, but I thought that meant that they were, like, maybe finger size. Hold on, I'm Googling slug field mice mice for comparison. But, okay, but (laughs) I, I think the slugs we've encountered individually... Um, I've met some are, big fucking well, I, slugs. The, the thing is, I've never encountered a slug in real life. I've just seen pictures of huge snails and just extrapol- extrapolated from there, basically. You know, I guess you're right. I guess I was just thinking about little slugs that I've seen on leaves. Hold on, yeah. I'm, I'm Googling oh, slugs Oh, God, now. really? Like, that, that was caterpillars, basically, in size. All right. Um, Not as long. I've, I've got a really good image of a slug <laughs> that I'm going to share with you two. And if this Great. gets cut out, so be it. But I just was so charmed by this image. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that slug is texting. It's a, it's a slug with a... <laughs> He's got things to say. Let him tweet. <laughs> Let him tweet. Let this slug tweet. Because that is the era of phone where you could, like, still tweet on your phone. Oh, yeah. I totally did. I've told you about that, right, Blair? That I, like, for, like, for like two years of my life, I was a text to tweet Both person. of you did, because you both have, like, well, Sarah, you have two years on me, and yes. Seda has, like, five years on me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I, I'm that... sure that I've said this on the podcast before, but, like, in high school, my friends would come up to me, like, stop tweeting. I'm getting too many texts. And I'd be like, then unsubscribe. <laughs> Don't get my tweets delivered to your phone as texts, because I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sada, this is, the servers are getting overloaded. You need to stop posting. I will not. <laughs> Do something on your end to make it better. <laughs> um, uh, uh, very early 
early on in this book, uh, just a very cute moment that I was like losing it over was uh, uh, Tobias is having a hard time getting dinner because he goes for a field mouse and then gets like snapped at by a rattlesnake. Uh, and yes. then Rachel shows up and is like, I, I brought you a Big Mac and French fries. Yes. And she says, we have weird dates. <laughs> Dude. As he, like, tosses a Big Mac patty up to, like, ch- choke it down as a bird. It made me want, an, like, a BK Impossible burger so bad. Oh, my God. Yes. Totally. I Dude, I, I was like, I'm crazed right now. Uh, <laughs> I literally ate a Big Mac. I, I literally ate a Big Michael today, and I, I, I this made me want another one. Damn it, I'm going to have to order a burger after this recording now. They, 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 Tobias also like did like a paragraph of ad read for McDonald's French fries. Oh my god, and I agreed with every single He's moment right. of it. He's right. I fucking love them. They're so good. Um, Tobias is, you know, I just love his book so much because he is like so introspective and like also thinks so much about the other characters and his relationships to them. I love the moment where he starts talking about how if Marco were the Nothlet, Marco wouldn't force himself to live like a bird, like Tobias does. Um, ah, he would, like, yeah. mm-hmm. let Rachel get snacks for him and just, like, sit in her room all day. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the reasons I like that so much because Tobias doesn't... He doesn't, like, finish the thought. Like, he isn't, like... And that... And we're and we're different in this way, like, and that's what this means about me, and that's what this means about Marco. He just says like, Marco wouldn't live like this. Marco would let Rachel take care of him, but I keep trying to live by this code that I don't even fully understand. And that's like, the, and then he like moves on and kind of yeah. like lets the reader like pull those things to like see what Tobias. I don't know. It's it's great writing. I love Tobias. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah this is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, how 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 are we feeling about the return of Gleet biofilters in this book? The long awaited fucking return. forgot about them. <laughs> yeah, predominantly. Honestly, you know what? When it comes down to it, that's one of those things where fridge logic style, like it's so obvious that they should be used at every entrance to everything. Right. That like, of course. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, so I love that it is a problem in this book, but it's a problem that can be solved by Rachel turning into an elephant and throwing a street sign through the door. It, yeah, it rules. So, <laughs> so my such major a low tech answer to a high tech uh, question. Yes, my major qualm with this book was the fact that they had a whole conversation about, and maybe they resolved this, and I just was not paying close enough attention because I did start reading this as soon as I woke up this morning. <laughs> um, they were like. Oh, we can't make a big scene because then they'll know for sure we're not Andalites or whatever. Because why would Andalites give a shit? I guess they must have resolved that they didn't care about that. Well, <laughs> at the, the same the, time, the I was scene, like, the big scene was excused by the fact that there was literally a circus in town and one of the elephants just so. went fucking <laughs> absolutely ape shit. And then when they went, well, and then when they I went think... huge mode with Rachel breaking in and everything, they already knew that like they had been caught red-handed. Well, no, because I, I think that they were just debating specific tactics. Like, they they were saying, like, we can't go in and just delete the information that we might be human because then they'll know we are. If we do this, it has to be, like, an attack on the base. Like, it has to, sure. like, be bigger. It has to be, like, a thing that Andalite bandits would do. And then, yeah, okay. by, the time, by the time, like, the end of the mission, they were pretty clearly 
done for. Uh, so they were like, fuck it. <laughs> what a fun mission, though, legitimately. Yeah. Like, so I, good. And, like, I, we get we get such good Jake moments here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where, like, the first mission of the book, Jake is like, we have to go. There's no time. Like, we have to go now, 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 now. And then he's like, fuck, I should have taken time to think about it. Now our blood's all over and they've been trying to collect blood. The Yerks are really into blood now. And then later... <laughs> They when Jake's parents get turned into controllers, it's maybe not because, but Jake certainly thinks it's because, you know, he said, let's go and sleep on this and make sure that we're all ready. And Jake is like, I fuck it up no matter what. This made and that's me so of, sad. Uh, I, I just love it because it's very honest. It isn't like Jake learns, oh, I have to be more careful or, oh, I have to act more quickly. He learns that he can be wrong no matter what he he is going he might or in his, in his mind he is going to do the wrong thing like there isn't like a specific plan of action and he can make mistakes on in both ways <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which sucks which sucks but it's very realistic yeah yeah so they they basically they they uh, they break into this uh yerk thing i love the way that they find which specific blood bank the yerks are yep, at which is, is that marco and axe just try to hack every single blood bank um and then the moment they find one that's like way too secure uh they're like well that's the one there's also, um, there's also, right. there's also a fun throwaway line where uh marco where uh the, uh jake is like oh that i don't remember who said it but like someone's like oh that place was locked up like the cia and then axe is like actually it was pretty easy to hack into the cia we did that already dude they're fucking kings for hacking the cia it's great and this is like we learned that um one thing i really liked is that very early on the problem that they were having as like this blood drive was going on that they were like have any of you given blood in the past like year or whatever and rachel's like i'm not sure i did get really sick and i got taken to a doctor and i don't remember it and then very quickly they're like oh, fuck, we leave blood all over. Like, whenever we fight these people, our blood is there. I, so they already have that information. Um, and that's um, how, Did they like, realize they found... that then? I thought they didn't realize that until after the... They no, do, I... because because that's, like, how they find out... Because that's, like... I think they realize it in the control room. Yes. Um, and because, like, how else would they find Tobias's mom? Like, why else would she be highlighted? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then it's later that they're like, well, even if they didn't, then if they didn't have everybody's, they do now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is. It is interesting because, um, but the, I guess they're aliens, so it's fine. But the thing is, I was thinking, I was like, you need more blood than like a dried up blood spill to like identify a human person, basically. This is um, one of those, like, sort of, like, the Animorphs is doing an interesting science thing where they're like, <laughs> oh, they're testing human DNA to see if there's animal DNA in it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, I was also reading that. And I was like, I don't know what we if what we know about the morphing technology fucking supports that. Yeah. There's a um, there, there's a great moment when they're breaking into the the blood the the blood vault whatever that's just what I'm gonna call it, 
Um, do it. Where they where they break into the blood vault and like they all just like uh, all of them like strut up all confident to the to the, like the door where it's like being guarded by other hork bajir, and the the hork bajir is like pass and Jake says Jake says he wants pass and then all of them just like throw their they like do the fucking George of the Jungle and now we will throw our heads back in laughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, their little ruse here is so good because it's, so it's that Marco has a T-shirt that looks exactly like the same color as the blue bands, which is like the green berets of Hork Bajir. And um, it's his new his new morphing suit. It's so, <laughs> sad about so it. good. But just like the, the synchronicity of it all or like the Oh, the and there's also like a great, great gay Cassie moment. Where Marco's like, okay, I'm going to take this shirt off so we can tear it up. Cassie, don't look at me with my shirt off. You'll go crazy. Like, you won't be able to be held accountable because you'll see my abs. And Cassie's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I think that's so funny because uh, famously, at least for me, speaking only as myself, um, well, I guess I don't know where I fall on Cassie. Maybe fully gay, but like... um, Marco is definitely fully gay and uh, yeah. Cassie airs in that direction so just them playing off each other like that in my little mind palace is just delightful mm. specifically I agree big time it's great um, the, uh. the fight that they have in the control room is very long and very bloody uh, they're all hork bajir and Marco's beak gets ripped off yeah and almost gets his throat slit yeah it's and then Rachel shows up with a a forklift that she stole from the circus and Queen. she's a grizzly bear yep. and she says Queen. the line that i love so much which is don't think of it as stolen property think of it as a really big key <laughs> queen <laughs> and also this is um this is uh i i open this up every time one of them gets behind the wheel in a morph it's another big gym rides moment totally <sighs> we great. we do get we do get big gym riding in this book also but on two wheels instead of four and on a foot propelled object and not a uh motorized thing <laughs> um, wait unless, well unless he because later on marco while morphed as a gorilla rides it just as a scooter i did not catch if it like specified whether it was an electric scooter or a push scooter oh, and he clothes lines yeah. a guy he oh one is funnier than the other for sure <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm loving the idea of him on like a push scooter like eight like fucking uh frankie mune is liar liaring his way down the street as, uh, through the toy store as smash mouth plays absolutely but, but scooters are so short and gorillas are so <laughs> and that makes it that much funnier uh-huh. um oh wow oh, I, God. so tobias basically at this point you know they realize that his mom has been tracked down and he realizes that she was living really really close to him his entire life yeah. while he was like shifted between relatives who didn't give a shit about him and all of his like he talks about how as a kid he would sit and daydream like i bet my mom wanted to take care of me so bad and she loves me so much but she couldn't for all of these big dramatic reasons and all of those things start like crumbling down around him as he's like she was right there she was right there the whole time mm-hmm. um and marco's basically like this is when he's like your mom is bait like they know that you know that they know that she's your mom she's probably already a controller you can't save her and then we get a really beautiful i love like you know as much as i don't necessarily condone rachel and tobias as a like 
romantic couple, as weird as that can seem to me sometimes. I love their relationship so much. Um, I agree. And we mm-hmm. get such Clearly. a like wonderful little insight into them when Rachel's like, this day has been really fucked up. You shouldn't be alone. And Tobias is like, I've always been alone, Rachel. And she's like, God, he's so all right. Emo. Well, my window will be open anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. He's so emo. He is he so is. emo. He is. I... He, des- he deserves it. <laughs> Tobias, I... Tobias posting. Not, not deserves like, you know, like fate, but like deserves it. Like he's allowed. He, deser- he deserves yeah, to go no, on I Facebook agree. and exactly. post the words, I don't jump around when I go to a show. I must be emo. <laughs> Fuck the emo um, song. Holy shit, that's something I haven't thought of in a long time. <laughs> Me neither. God. <laughs> um Christ. Yeah, no, but I yeah. Um, yeah, the whole the whole thing with his mom is like so interesting and I love it so much. It might be my favorite part of this book. Um uh just cause like she it's just so interesting. Yeah. For, well, I don't know, I have several thoughts about it. I, as I was reading it, I was, I was about, I was like, the class politics of an- Animorphs is complicated depending on, what, like, the background of the person it's coming from. You know totally. what I mean? It's really interesting. There's, like, a couple notes I have in here that are about, like, oh, the Animorphs explores food deserts um, and, like, predatory insurance. Like, yeah. it's very thrown away, but it's, like, like he, you know, he's, he's following his mom around and he realizes that... She does her grocery shopping at a convenience store. And then he goes, oh, well, I guess there's not exactly, like, a nice grocery store around here. So, of course, she does. Oh, and also, very important plot point, she is blind. She was in a pretty severe accident and lost her sight or is blind and um, has a guide dog named Champ. That is Mm -hmm. very important. (laughs) Very important. Yeah. The class stuff was, like, so specific. I mean, as negative as it was, it was so specific that, like, it felt like it came from, if not an authentic place, then like a, a a place of genuine understanding. I think so. There's like there there's another. I think the third sort of thrown away line that I really took note of in that was, um, you know, at the end when shit starts to really break bad, uh, he's like, "Wow, the Yerks aren't even trying to hide it. I guess like the cops won't come here anyway. Like they don't care if these people are safe or not." Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, truly so specific. Yeah. Um, because what I what really stood out to me is there was he like described a whole conversation with like between like two people who lived next to his mom's place. Yes. And like talked about him connecting to that conversation, um, where it was like obviously sort of like recognizably not positive, but also something he recognized within himself. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it is, um, th- as I'm talking about it more, the more I'm, like, thinking, like, this is probably really important for some kids to read, you know? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's even present in, like, the way that the Yerks start to survey Lauren, Tobias' mom, in, like, mm-hmm. the specific ways that they put surveillance in place, which is, mm-hmm. like a quote-unquote bag lady like they they're like oh here's somebody who won't go unnoticed or who will go unnoticed here is like this woman it like experiencing homelessness who like talks to herself that that'll fit in right here and like a broken down van and like all of these like things that the book is saying like oh yeah these are all the like normal things that like 
get ignored by the larger society around it. Yeah. And uh, I'm remembering now that, like, in the past, there have been chi who have, like, disguised themselves as, like, homeless squatters, basically. Totally. Dude, like, I feel like kids' books almost never, and unless in a sort of, like, wildly fantastical way, never touch on, like, poverty at all. Yeah. Um, or, like, even, like, middling poverty. You know what I mean? If they do, um, it is in a way where at the end of the movie they drag themselves out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Through, like, Or, or they're seen as, like, something that's just, like, deeply spooky. Yeah, yeah. right. Totally. Yeah. Um, I also, so, like, I think this, it does trip at the end. Um, I think that it's sort of, with Lauren and her blindness, yeah. like, I think that they do a pretty good job throughout most of the book. She's very, you know, she she seems pretty content with her life. She's got a great guide dog. She does shit that she wants to do. Right. Um, she has work that she finds fulfilling. Um it's just at the end where, you know, she morphs and she can see and then she nearly dies in morph and Tobias is like, you got to morph back. And she's like, but I'll be blind. And it's like, oh, so you're saying choosing death over blindness that like that's that sucks that they they set that up. Yeah. And then it also um, yeah. and then, uh, demorphing also cures her blindness. Demorphing also cures her blindness, which I, you know, I, I guess that's how it which works. Which doesn't now. make any sense. I, I guess that's how it works now. Like the the, like the the one time where Tobias couldn't demorph and remorph because of his broken wing was uh, that was like a one off, and now like twice now we've had it that morphing and demorphing uh, fixes injury. It's of so any stupid. Bro- of this yeah. kind of variety. <laughs> Which again I... just like brings me to the like thing of like if you morph if you morph and demorph with a tattoo, your tattoo is gone, right? Because like that is yeah, that is injury. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's technically it, it, scarring. I, mean, it, <laughs> I know we're in the middle of a discussion about this, but I just got really into the idea of Marco being pissed as hell that his stick and poke came off after a mission. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> or the opposite. If they've decided that it's opposite logic, he like does a shitty stick and poke or he lets drunk Rachel do a stick and poke at him in their dorm room at college. And then he's like, fuck this. And like morphs and demorphs and is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Um, I love that so much. And I'm emotionally going to stay in there. But um, intellectually say that famously we've seen that um, Animorphs has issues discussing disability. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And Despite it's, their best efforts. You know, and it's so interesting because like throughout the book until the very end, honestly, it is pretty good. Like it, with yeah. Lauren. Yeah. Um, She's she's a very um, autonomous person. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she, she's... and like she's obviously very tough. Yeah, uh, like when the kids are <laughs> the kids are trying to pretend to be like street. It is so funny. Marco and Jake do an okay job. Or who is it? Is is it Tobias and Mark? Yeah, it's Tobias and Marco. They do an okay job of acting tough, and then Axe is just doing like I am an average. D- Hold on, I'm gonna pull up the quote unless anyone has. It I because... I screen cap the entire, but you pulled up. I screen cap the entire thing because I too. was. 
seconds before we were gonna like record, I was like, I have to send. So I actually haven't. I might right now send it to my friend because I'm trying to convince him to read Animorphs. Yes. <laughs> um, I also with Lauren. I guess this is another thing where um, the book is making an interesting little like almost offhand point. Um, Tobias near the end you know he's been struggling this whole book on like why didn't my mom ever like contact me like why is this and he learns that the injury or the the way that she became blind was in a severe car accident that also gave her complete amnesia Mm -hmm. um and the way that he finds that out is by finding a letter from the insurance company which basically is like hey so uh we've determined that the injuries that you sustained won't get better. So we're not going to pay for you to try to make them better. Uh, stop trying to receive treatment. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, oh, I have man. the two quotes. One is that when they walk into the, when, when Axe, Marco and Tobias walk into the convenience store, uh, Axe saunters up to the cash register, the cashier and is like, do not worry. We are irresponsible teenage hoodlums, possibly gang members, but you are not in any danger. And then when he has to threaten Lauren, he says, ah, Axe nodded. She does not understand how menacing we are. He tapped her on the shoulder. You do not know me, he said, but I am a juvenile delinquent. I do not trust authority figures. I probably will not graduate from high school, and statistics say my present rowdiness and vandalism will likely lead to more serious crimes. I am a dangerous fellow, and I am causing mayhem in this store. He reached behind her and pulled three jars of baby food from the top shelf, shoved them behind a box of macaroni, stuffed the che- shuffled the cheese whiz in front of the mar- marshmallow fluff, and tossed a bag of lady shavers onto a bag of hamburger buns. There, now I have shame. I have now shamelessly destroyed the symmetry of this shelf, undoing hours of labor by underpaid store employees. If you could see me, you would be frightened. <laughs> the thing is, having worked in a, I guess, a gas station convenience store, that is, I mean, it's less walking around than one would require at a grocery store, but it's still a not insignificant amount of walking around. Uh huh. Totally. Um, which is just perfect. It's just perfect. Rachel says at one point that the circus got in trouble for their, you know, rampaging elephant. And I went, I said out loud, good. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck a circus. Oh, man. (laughs) One thing I really appreciate about this book is how quickly everything happens. Yeah. Like, they realize that they've been found out and that their families are about to be targeted. They get a, they sleep on it. And then at their meeting the next day, they're like, okay, well, we don't have any other choices. Let's vote. Yes, we all agree. We have to like evacuate our families and hide them with the free Horp Gajir, and we don't have any other choice. And at the end of the meeting, Cassie goes, "Well, both my parents are home, so let's get started." <laughs> oh my god, go. I love her so much. She's so pragmatic. Oh, I love her so much. And like, oh yeah, and and now we get to like Cassie's mom, who's incredible. Tobias, like flies up and thinks speaks to Cassie's mom and she's like well sweetie that's really nice but that's this isn't happening currently uh it's uh, I seem to think that a bird is talking to me but 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 that no that's obviously (laughs) there's a really great moment here where she's like okay I certainly need more coffee I must be drinking decaf because I'm not I'm still dreaming or maybe it is the coffee and then later when they when they tell uh Cassie's dad shortly after because they do it like they do Cassie's mom first and then Cassie's dad uh Cassie's dad like looks at Axe rubs his eyes and like looks back at Axe and looks in his coffee and Cassie's mom's like it's not the coffee dear 
It's not the coffee. Also, like these little details about Cassie's mom, like, so Tobias, to prove the morphing thing, starts morphing from bird to human. And Cassie's mom's first instinct is to wrap him up in her newspaper and be like, oh, no, this bird's so sick. Like, everybody, <laughs> everybody stand back. Like, she's so, like, sweet that this bird starts going through this absolutely incomprehensible reaction. And she, like, carefully covers it in newspaper to, like, bring to, to her own vet tech place. Like <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, and um, the way that this, like, so, you know, they explain the whole war mm-hmm. <laughs> to Cassie's mom as Cassie, like, Cassie's mom, like, grabs Cassie and is, like, being like, no, baby, I can't believe that you had to do all this. Why didn't you tell us? Like, we could have helped you. Um, and they're still, like, Cassie's like, we have to go. And they're like, but the animals depend on us. We have responsibilities. And then Mr. King, the Chi, steps forward and is like, hey, does this change anything? And just shows them a movie of Cassie dying. (laughs) It is. I was like, well, I guess. (laughs) They seem like reasonable people, but I guess that's fine. Also, Um, also we find out that Louis Pasteur didn't actually invent pasteurization. That the Chi did. That is my, okay, that, shit like that is my favorite, um, ahistorical or, like, what even is the term for that? Like, like, re-mythologizing of history? Totally. Uh, It's, it's one that's so funny to me. I mean, I haven't done any research on Louis Pasteur. Maybe he sucks. But, like, of all of the, like. He seems so neutral. Yeah, of all of the things in fiction to be, like, I'm taking this away from, the thing that is named after this man was Hatsune me. Miko invented pasteurization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Christ, god. the Animorphs, the, oh my god, oh, I just had a cursed vision of the future, which is the Animorphs movie comes out and uh, Eric, the, Eric King says, oh, I, uh, I, I, uh, I gave, I, I gave J.K. Rowling a napkin uh, 20 odd years ago. It's bad. <laughs> um, okay, um, one of my favorite scenes in this book is, I, I don't know, it probably it extends past a scene, but the whole, like, Jake being like, okay, time to do my parents stuff had me, like, oh, God, just, like, him, like, standing in his driveway because his parents aren't home, and they're like, okay, that's fine, they're at the lawnmower shop, like I mentioned earlier. My <laughs> the dad store is where they only sell lawnmowers. <laughs> And he's just like, he's like, okay, I'm going to just bounce around a basketball. And Tobias says he fakes left and pumps right. I don't remember the rest of the words to get your head in the game. Um, <laughs> um, Thank you for trying. But he just like, he is like getting increasingly aggravated with his, with his ball in his front yard as his parents have yet to show up. And everyone and all the other animals are like, hey, dude, it's getting, it's, they should be back by now. And he's like, no, they're, they're fine. They went to uh-huh. the lawnmower shop. Uh, They're perfectly fine and everything's okay. And then uh, to, uh, I, who is it that eventually presses him to the point where he like fucking slams the basketball against his house? I think, I, I don't mean, remember. that's fine. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, but. And he just, oh God. Oh, Jake in this book. Like, I think. Like, on average, I think Jake is probably near the bottom of my tier list of Animorphs. But when he hits, he hits so good. I think that's so unfair, but I think I just love them all so much. (laughs) It's, you know, I like that Tobias actually does take a moment at the very end of the book 
to like acknowledge that he and Jake are in very yeah, weird yeah. places right now. Like he's like, oh, you know, I'm the orphan usually. And I now have discovered my mother and like have sort of my chosen family around me. Um, there's also, oh, this incredible moment where just after Jake realizes that his parents have been turned into controllers, which includes his mom right. shooting at them um, and they're escaping. And Tobias is like, whoa, Jake is acting weird. Like, I've never seen him like this. He's never lost it like this. And Tobias kind of realizes all of a sudden, like, oh, the reason Jake has been able to keep it together throughout all of our missions is that he wasn't focused on the big picture. Like, he was never like, I'm going to save Earth. I'm going to save humanity. He has entirely been focused on saving his family yeah. this whole time. Yeah. And right now, for the first time, he is going, oh, I might not be able to. So he is losing it in the same way that everybody else has lost it because they don't know if they can save all yeah. of humanity. And it's such an interesting way to frame. I mean, it's it's uh, having read X amount of Jake books, it's not a shocking revelation to make, right? But actually saying it, you know. Totally. But it's one that I think, like, Jake couldn't, Jake couldn't have made it. Right. Like, for Jake sure. couldn't have said it. Um, which I think is so cool. It's one of the... There's also a moment, I don't think it's right here, but it's during another Jake scene when he's being tactical. Tobias is like, whoa, I'm suddenly seeing the family resemblance between Jake and yeah. Rachel. Um, which is very interesting. Yeah. Like, as Jake sort of starts to lose his grip a little bit, Tobias is like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> and it's connective tissue that's not shocking, I think, in any sort of way. It's because there's a reason why Jake is, like, the, the leader you know, he like totally. he plays up the reluctant leader to an appropriate amount, um, yeah. but I there's there there is a, a, a not necessarily a bloodthirsty tendency, but a very um, proactive tendency within Jake. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, that in is comparison. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I just it's like that is heightened in a different way in Rachel. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, comparatively to the way that the scene unfolds with Jake and his parents and the way that the scene unfolds with Cassie and her parents, the one where Rachel saves her family is, like, the comedic break. Oh, it's so good, Um, too. Oh, yeah. Like, Rachel comes through as a bear and Rachel's mom, like, (laughs) lunges at her with a spice rack. And then when she hears Rachel thought speaking to her, she's like, Rachel, did this bear eat you alive? Are you in the belly? And meanwhile, like, Axe is in the living room with the kids, and Jake is like, Axe, distract the kids. And he's like, uh, I'm on it. They think I am a Pokemon. They do not know that I am actually quite fast, and they just they say that they need to train me. <laughs> it is phenomenal. It is the, the it is P O K E Y space M A N Pokemon. Yeah. Rachel's yes. mom fucking squares up with a with a spice rack, and and oh, Rachel like has a snappy quip for her mom as like, Mom, what are you gonna do? Hit me with the fucking basil? They're so good. <laughs> Also, I love how you said basil. <laughs> Who are you? Basil. Basil. Basil is like a basil is like a British yeah. detective. Basil, have you always basil, said basil? Um, I, I might have, but um, the I think I have to come clean about this, which is that the reason that I said basil is because in my head the default pronunciation is the name of Austin Powers' uh, superior in the Austin <laughs> Powers movies. Because, <laughs> um, okay. His Q is named Basil. Yeah, because um, yeah, Cards on the Table, I can I never tell what is, like, 
regional to the Midwest and what is not regional to the Midwest. And what is just me not knowing how words are said. Well, basil is a way that that word is said, but typically not in the United States. Um, but that's fine. You're valid and you're so legitimate. And I love you so much. Thank you, Blair. Yeah. I love you too. <laughs> also, Sada, just, just while I'm saying it, I love you too, Sada. I love you. Wow. Camille and love. I love Blair. Wow. Love hey. Wow. We did it. Yay. <laughs> Speaking of love, Tobias becomes his mom's guide dog. And when his mom, like, kneels down to be like, hey, you cool? He's like, Oh my god, my mom loves me. I mean this dog. I'm the dog. And me. And the, uh, this is nice. This is fine. I'm. This is great, actually. It's good, and I'm responding to it appropriately. I feel like most media has daddy <laughs> issues, you know? But this... Yes! Oh my god, Animorphs is feminism because mommy issues. Capitalate <laughs> 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 said women's rights. <laughs> not, I guess oh maybe not God. in the way that most people would have preferred it, but I guess you know. <laughs> I also so like you know Tobias like changes from dog to bird and kind of hangs out and then changes from bird to human so that he can just sort of go around in his mom's house. I will say, you know, as somebody who has a documentedly had a documentedly very complicated relationship with my mother before she died. Fair. And then inherited her house. Fair. And then had the experience of going through her things, desperately trying to understand her. Uh-huh. That scene was a unique experience for me. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Where he's like, he, you know, he's looking for evidence, ostensibly. He's looking for evidence that she is not a controller. But even admits, like, out loud to the audience, mostly is just trying to look for, like, a reason that she didn't contact him, is looking for ways to understand her. Um, that's when he finds the letter from the insurance. Um, and he has this wonderful thing where he's like, well, you know, you know, it says that she has complete and total amnesia, but on TV, you know, I would just be like, I'm your son, and she would remember me, and I bet that's fake, and that's not how it really works, but but what if it is and i'm gonna try it <laughs> mm -hmm. and he tries um, it and he tries it and it's exactly as it should be she's like oh i wondered if you'd find me you know i was told that i had a son and i was told his name was tobias i even was like shown you when you were a little baby but i i don't know who you are like i know that i have a son named tobias but i don't know you um, I wasn't able to take care of you after my accident because I suffered a very traumatic brain injury and I had to be learn I had to like learn how to not only brush my teeth, but I had to learn what teeth are. I had to like learn just entirely how to function again and I couldn't take care of a kid and by the time that I would have been able to do that, I couldn't find you. Mm-hmm. Um and then she's like, but I have these vague memories of aliens. And he's like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Good news, mom. That was the only real thing. <laughs> and he uses, he uses that info to like convince her to, to like follow his plan. Yeah. Which involves a, uh, such a great like cinematic. Like I can totally see how it would play out. They yep. like go into a pipe in a park and it's like 
got that wonderful tension of like acts counting down over thought speak like you've been in the tunnel for 12 seconds 14 seconds the your the controller is getting closer and they do like a quick change of champ the real guide dog and tobias as the guide dog Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you know i knew i i thought it might be what was coming because earlier in the book um we get a check we got Chekhov's morphing cube uh Mm -hmm. like cassie or rachel or whoever it was that had it like very obviously was like don't worry as we're running away i have the morphing cube and so when tobias said that he had a crazy plan to save his mom and that jake wasn't gonna like it but jake had to trust him i was like they're not are they are they and then they did. They give Lauren morphing powers. And it kind of rules. It's going, so good. I was going wild at this part. I was, yes, 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 yes. Oh, and also, like, just before this entire thing goes down, there's a great moment where Tobias, like, comes to get Rachel from, like, the Free Hork Bajir colony. And she's like, oh, Tobias, yes. Please tell me you're here to make me do something dangerous. Please, I've been going crazy. My mom is trying. To, my mom is helping the Hork Bajir draft a constitution. Yes. <laughs> I have to leave. <laughs> it's so good. And so yeah, the, we get like Axe being like, "You got to get out of there," and bombs exploding everywhere. While Tobias is trying to quickly walk his mom through acquiring himself, she acquires him as a hawk to fly away and like it's so intense and they're like running and going and flying and there's like Rachel bursts through as an elephant they get shot at a lot at one point Marco uses a huge thing of hot wheels to just trip a bunch of controllers there's like this old woman controller who crashes a helicopter and Tobias nearly gets hit and then Lauren dives into the way to save him and Tobias is like oh my mom does love me she put herself in, in bodily harm to <laughs> to save me and then Uh, you know they they get away as the helicopter crashes and they all hang out the hork bajir colony and tobias is like jake and i have switched places and it's sad (laughs) yeah and that's that's yeah what was was this the distract the diversion the diversion what was the diversion uh rachel being an elephant two times yeah, I, I guess so. I, right? <laughs> not not necessarily the thrust of the plot, but sure. Yeah, kind of kind yeah. of a stretch on this title, but it's okay. <laughs> it's strange that the tagline was more suitable than the title. Uh, yeah. Oh god, I, I'm just looking at a list of the next uh, the next five book titles and just feeling so goddamn regular about them. See, Wait, yeah, I, I'm also I, feeling yeah. very regular about you saying that, uh, I know you don't want me to spoil uh, who's narrating, or, or uh, of course, or anything, but can I tell you the, the a couple of the num- the names of these books that are making me feel feelings? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I think that's legit. Uh, so we've got, uh, so we've got, up next we have The Ultimate, which, okay, okay. Sure. Number 51, mm-hmm. The Absolute. Sure. Mm-hmm. Number 52, The Sacrifice. Uh-oh. Never a good sign. Number 53, The Answer. The Elemist Chronicles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> number, 50, <laughs> That's number 54, The Beginning. <coughs> yeah. The, oh, and I just realized there's something that we never discussed on the pod because it happened during our hiatus. For my birthday, my girlfriend bought me 
the Animorphs Game Boy Color game. Oh, yes. Christ. Oh, my God. It, it, that's the, so it's the Pokemon I've been one, thinking... right? thinking... Well, sorry? It's the Pokemon one, right? The, the, yes, where they Animorph into Pokemon? No, yeah. like, the, the game is basically Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played it oh. yet because I really want to play it with you guys. So I was thinking that maybe at some point, maybe either to celebrate the end or whatever we should do a little like live stream where i can yes. we can should all, we make like... a twitch channel yeah I, I, mean, I have a twitch channel we can stream it there we don't have to make our own i yeah, think sure, that would sure, be sure. really fun i i <laughs> i've looked up several ways to um stream game boy color games and every single one of them is just point a camera at your game boy color so we're going to be doing that and uh we'll figure it out <laughs> Not meant to be streamed, but that's yeah. okay. Dude, I, I I, feel like we have a complicated but eventually bright future ahead of us. Oh, God, yeah. I am, I, I am so... <laughs> Just sorry. like in terms Felt of this that. podcast, but also, but also in life. Every time we talk about the Animorphs in college, I get so, so goddamn excited for you two to finish this series and be unleashed on the fan fiction world. Oh my god. We are going to be unstoppable is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the or the solution? It's both. Mm. It's the sacrifice and the answer. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. and, find, and when we when we reach I... the end it will be the beginning of fan fiction. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what is shocking to me is that we have not had books already titled both the sacrifice and the answer. Yeah, true. Same for the end. Is is that Is that not the case? Oh, they they wouldn't they wouldn't repeat a title. Uh, but it seems they're obvious. Whatever, it's fine. I can go um, through all of them number by number words. if you want me to. <laughs> it's fine. No, and I. You know what? I believe, trust, and love you. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of believing and trust, no, that's not a good transition. Uh, we have questions. Do it anyway. <laughs> the Wonder Yorks. I, I, I posted the Wonder Yorks are here again to talk about Book Forty Nine: Colon the Diversion. Ask us about blood heists, letting your family in on secrets, and buying lawnmowers. Uh, at Heavenly Evan, that's uh, Heavenly with none of the vowels, uh, but Y is not a vowel in that case. Uh, mm-hmm. Which of the many new inhabitants to the hork Valley would you like to hang out with? I would absolutely love to hang out with Cassie's parents. Um, I just think that they would... Like, I think similar to the way that, like, uh, Marco's dad is, like, obsessed with the Andalite technology and how they, like... How, like, the... the how technolo- technologically advanced they are. I think, like, from a biological perspective, the the Cassie's parents would be just so... Inve- just so interested in these, like, other... These not... These, you know... These al- these aliens, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, an unfortunate personality trait question mark I have is that as soon as human beings start having children, I become terrified of them. Um, <laughs> I, it has nothing to. I don't know. Just like parents in general, you know. Yeah. It used yeah. to be like, oh, they're adults, so I'm just I don't know how to interact with it like adults when I was a child. But now that I'm an adult, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> So I don't think I'd be able to interact with anyone because the the only person who has siblings is Jake, and that's obviously a non-starter. No, fuck. Rachel has siblings, but I'm not good with kids. Not that this is good for me. Yeah. Not that this is good. You're just hanging out with the Hork-Bajir. I am. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I think also probably Cassie's parents, like, I don't know. I... Uh, Rachel seems like the kind of Rachel's mom, sorry, seems like the kind of person who like 
uh, sort of terrifies me. Like she really enjoys being in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> yes. And that is that is somebody who I, I simply, I, I struggle with because I really want to make everyone happy. Uh-huh, uh, I understand. <laughs> I understand so, so much. I, I don't know if I'd have a great time with her. I think I'd just want to hang out with uh, Cassie's parents and talk about animal rights. <laughs> the honest, okay. Now that I'm thinking about this, and it's not like a new entry into the 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 Hork-Bajir zone, but like dads love me is what I've learned about myself in my adulthood. Dad magnet. I dads totally love that. me. I can um, totally see that. And I think I would get along with Marco's dad yeah. way more than I'd be comfortable <laughs> with. <laughs> Um, cause he's like, he's like not like my dad, but enough like my dad's friends. And, sure. Yeah. And, uh, my dad's friends also being my dad's friends, meaning they're also dads for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, dads love me. <laughs> dads Maybe I'd talk to Lauren a little Blair. bit. She like, she like volunteers at a crisis center. So that's pretty cool of her. I bet she, uh, is cool. Oh, yeah. and she also is like, don't kill flies. They're God's creatures. And I'd be like, you like bugs? Let's. <laughs> That's legit. It's <laughs> legit for bugs. sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. At PR the Disaster asks, if you head to Animorph in order to mow along the fastest slash the best with no human tools, what would be your str- what would be your strategy? Uh, my strategy would be to morph a cow because then I would have cow tools. Cow are we doing, tools. Are we doing best or fastest? Fastest slash those, best. You, you, can, know... you can do either. Because, like, I feel like, you know... A grazing animal like a goat, will, yeah, yeah go to sheep. They'll they'll get the job done, but it won't be quick. But I'm tr- I'm struggling to think like or what even. animal would do it quickly. Yeah, like um, what what animals have like like if Scyther the Pokemon was a real animal, that would be like my ideal pick, but it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. So does the does the animal have to have lawn cutting abilities? You cannot because I was you thinking use human the tools. animal able to move. Able to operate a lawnmower nope, human the fastest. Um, because the the intersection between um, strong upper body strength for animals <laughs> and speed is not there. There's not a lot of overlap there. What's a sharp animal? <laughs> a porcupine. Um, the, not a lot of big animals are very sharp. Yeah, and you know most animals are sharp, like piercing, not like you know. I bet, like I bet, like if like if you just if you like set a goat at your lawn, it could you know maybe if like you were the person behind the goat and you were not like trying to just feed yourself and you were trying to mow a lawn, you could do it pretty quick. But also like maybe yeah. just an animal, maybe just a large animal with big teeth. Like I can imagine going through my front lawn as a tiger, just like. <clears throat> <clears throat> but you would have a lot of um. Because you're not going to be able to digest. No, that. that's why I'm doing the poo, the spitting it out. Yeah, but then you have the the. <laughs> who's going to clean up your spit? <laughs> Listen, the lawn's mowed. You don't have to clean it. It's you don't have to clean up the lawn after it's been mowed. <laughs> and also, I would be a tiger, so I fail to see what the problem is. I see. True. Um, I think you're right. I think you're correct. Um, I think we should finish this episode because I have 10 percent battery left, and I'm not about to move to plug in my laptop. Yep. Um, you put something in the chat. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to oh, see this. Oh, I was looking up sharp animals and... You know what? That is a very sharp animal. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking at a, a... What is that? A staring gray cat with leaves. Sharp animals. <laughs> it's just a house cat in the, on a lawn. Yep. Um, 
A very smart looking cat indeed, though. Um, so thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Wonder Yerks. If you want to find us, we are at The Wonder Yerks on Twitter. And also you can uh, support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash fearbaiting. It supports both this, both this and our sister podcast, Fearbaiting. Uh, $1 a month gets you early access to episodes of Fear Baiting. Uh, 5 bucks a month gets your name read on the podcast and a message read on either this or Fear Baiting. 10 bucks a month lets you pick a movie for Fear Baiting to, for us to watch over there. Thank you very much to Mogu, Ducky Aisha, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, and Michael Kaiser. We love you all so much. Thank you very much to Matt GameCube and the Noisebase.xyz podcast network that hosts this and so many other wonderful podcasts, including the aforementioned Fear Baiting. Um, we love you, Matt GameCube. Uh, if yeah. you want to listen, if you want to hear more of me, you can listen to the aforementioned Fear Baiting. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter at SunHasGenya. S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. I believe that's everything. I also think that's everything. Um, for myself, it's very easy to find me online. I am just at Blair Kitch, and I'm screaming pretty constantly these days. <laughs> Seda, what kind of plugs do you've got? Well, oh man, I took my big di- like breath in because I like to do all my plugs in one breath, and I wasted it on a well and then a side. <laughs> Take so another breath. It's okay. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at nudity with an E instead of a Y. You can check me out on a podcast where I solve small problems with small songs at Musical Mole on Twitter or Music for Mole Hills is the name of the podcast. You can check out my other music at gaygothvibes.online or pilotingtheanimal.bandcamp.com. All that tracks for me. Sounds mm-hmm. great. <laughs> um, so we will be back in two weeks. Um, yes, yes. Um <clears throat> But until then, I have Ben Blair. I am Sarah. And I'm Seda. And let your mom touch the Escafil device. Yes. Um, milf device. Oh! Uh, podcast over. Good job, everyone. <laughs> I didn't wake up my housemates, I actually screamed.